Oh, good morning, everyone. My name is Steve, third time of support. And name, and na names today are important, right? A little bit more on identity actually came out in uh, when I was studying to uh, to get get this talk together. It's the third in our series uh, based on the Ten Commandments and their practical application for today. Okay. Um, so today we're talking about not misusing the name of the Lord in uh, an empty way. So uh, it's Exodus chapter 20, um, and it says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And that's, that's Exodus chapter 27. Okay. Now, first of all, I'd like to kind of talk about a name. Anybody here not got a name? No, no. There's always one that tries to be funny, but they're not here today. <laughs> I, I actually knew a guy, guy once um, uh, from India. I was on a course with him, and uh, he was the youngest of a very large family. And he'd been brought up in rural India, um, and then he'd become a pastor in a church. He was on a course, same course I was on, um, a Bible course. And uh, he was there then. And... Uh, his name was Baby. Okay, his name was Baby. And I said to him, why are you called Baby? Is it, is it a nickname? Or is it your name? Or, or what is it? You know, Baby. And he said, no, no, it's my name. He said, because what happened was we had so many children in the family, they actually forgot to give me a name. <laughs> and by the end of, you know, three, four, five years, they just knew me as the Baby. So I ended up as Baby. Uh, um Great guy. He still had that name, right? He identified with baby. I don't know if he behaved in a childish way. It didn't seem to when I was with him or anything like that. But that was his name. I had to have a name. So whenever he signed his name, it was baby. And then the rest of his name and everything. People have other names. I think when I said when I went to um, Uganda, you could tell which parts had been um, how, how the revival gone through, particularly in Western Uganda, Southwestern Uganda, that all the names were, you know, wonderful, and then whatever the African name was, or, or, or blessed, or whatever. And, and, and on the other side, they were all called, the devil's going to take you, or demons are alive around here, type of thing, you know, when you translate the names. It's almost like a line right down the country. And the names didn't mean a lot. Names mean a lot. I want to talk about names. So, What's in a name? So look at the name of God in a way. And if you go to the next slide, we say, uh, it's from Exodus chapter 3. So this is early, before the Ten Commandments. And this is where Moses is having a bit of a chat with God. Okay. And where he's kind of like going to and from. He's a bit out of ambivalent. Don't really want to go back to um, you know, speak to Pharaoh, etc., etc. Don't want to go back and talk to the Israelites. I mean, I've got a bad reputation wherever you go. But I'm going to go to the Israelites, okay. So Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what's his name? What shall I tell them? God said, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. 
I've done a bit of research. I am who I am. Now, we've often talked about I am and the way in which sometimes it translates because no one actually knows what God was saying there. But the general consensus about the scholars know, know what they're saying is God was kind of not playing with Moses, but was saying to him, I'm not going to tell you. Now, our identity is actually quite tied up in our name. You know, I'm, I'm Steve, and in my life I've done certain things, and the certain things have shaped me, and people who know me know my character, know who I am, and they say, oh yeah, that's Steve. Yeah, Steve, again. Um, or you could say, you know, each of us has something that kind of clings onto our name. And you took your name away. Just imagine how that would be. And people do that sometimes, don't they? They refuse to acknowledge somebody's name. You can see it where you get somebody who has done something atrocious. Like, uh, I remember, I think it was the New Zealand Prime Minister, was saying she would not name the man who killed all those people in that mosque because she wasn't going to give him any kind of identity. You know, you're in nothing, she was saying. You don't have a name as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to give you anything like that. But you see, I think it's different with God. Because whilst our names, in a sense, define us, and if we haven't got a name, we haven't got anything that kind of labels us in a way, or puts us into in some kind of definition. And sometimes that can be a bad thing, because you think, well, that's who I am, you know. But God is unlimited. And what, when Moses said, well, the people around, you know, they've all got names for their gods. What's your name? And he says... Hey, I am, or actually more correctly, it's I was, I am, I will be. And the most correct thing is I'm being, I am, I always was, I always will be. The same as Jesus talked about, you know, yesterday, today, forever. That's what God was saying to him. Actually, Moses, you couldn't cope with my name. You couldn't cope with what it encapsulates, because it encapsulates everything. So I am more than you can cope with. So I'll tell you this one. Now, they had a problem then, because the Jewish people there would have to have some way of identifying God. So they use the word Yahweh, or they didn't use the word Yahweh because they couldn't pronounce it. It's unpronounceable, the, the, the text. But they use the letters without the... Um, sorry, the consonants without the vowels, and you get the uh, get the word. Um, I think we've got it on the next, the next slide. I'll tell you about that a bit later, actually, because I've got another slide here. Any names there you can see? Yeah. But you know exactly what each of those six are, don't you? Yeah. Oh, let's go through them. Might as well. First one. Second. Third one. Fourth one. Pepsi, McDonald's, and. Mostly food in a way, isn't it? I don't know why I was drawn to that. Okay. So I want to just go to the next one and just explain a little. Right. So they had to call God something. And so they called him Lord. All right. And that's why in a lot of Bibles you get Lord printed in capitals. Also like big and little capitals, you know what I mean? As in that last scripture. Now, that was in, in order, particularly from about 300 B.C., they got very religious, and they decided that what they did was 
They took the Yahweh, the, the YW, HW, H, whatever, and they put Adonai, whenever they put it in the scripture, they put Adonai on top of it to remind the reader to say Adonai and not to pronounce the word of God. Okay? Now, as the Old Testament, which was the Jewish scriptures, got translated into English, or other languages, they merged Adonai with Yahweh and came up with Jehovah. Okay? But Jehovah's a completely made up word, but it's a combination of the Jewish word for Lord and, and, and the Yahweh letters. And actually, the word Yahweh used by Christians has really only been something. I don't know if you've noticed. You know how we get sort of passions in Christian songs sometimes and whatever? It's really only been since the 1970s that Yahweh has been a popular word. You won't find it. You may find it occasionally, but you won't find it. You'll find Jehovah in a lot of old hymns and things like that, but you won't find Yahweh. And it's something that's come in the 1970s, and people start saying, oh, that's the name of God. It isn't, folks. It's, it's way, way beyond that. So you can't give God a name. He's not like the other gods, you know, Thor or Zeus or... <laughs> Whatever. Loki. They're not really <laughs> gods. You know, the local gods, they all had names for them when uh, God was talking to Moses and the Israelites. And you know, what's the name of the local god? You know, the local god's called El or something like that. No. And so you get that. You know, other fashions come and go. Um, so, for instance, you get, uh, I don't remember, so 90s, uh, late 90s, whatever. A lot of Christian songs, a lot of choruses. They all put some extremely inappropriate sometimes uh, Irish jig in. You know, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember one, this band, I know, and that. I like, I do like loud music, you know, mainly because I'm going deaf, but I like loud music. And there was this band, and I mean, they played screaming guitars and they're singing, uh, worship songs, of course. And then they get to this bit in the middle and says, <laughs> and you could almost go, yeah, and do a sort of spiritual. River dance or something. And then they went back to the... You know. <laughs> What's that about? And it was just a fashion at the time. You know, we'd have a, we'd have a music break and someone would be on a flute and you could just match them. Whatever. Um, fashionable. A lot of songs were... They're kind of not so much now. But we've got a lot of El Shaddai's and I will dance as they would dance and stuff like that, which was popular at the time. It's fine, okay. But you tend to get them the Yahweh things coming in or whatever, and we've got them in a couple of songs. I always think it actually confuses people, particularly new people to the church. If you see Yahweh, just say Lord. So, having got that out of the way, about what's in the name? Well, name is about identity. When you talk about the name of God, it says, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. First of all, you know me, I have a history with you. That's who I am, I'm that God. The God Almighty. This is my name forever. The name shall call me from generation to generation. In other words, you know me by reputation. You know me by my character. You know me by my actions. Right? I'm the Lord of everything. So this is who I am. And you can't define me. But you know me. Alright? So this is the name of God, if you like. And the name of God is synonymous with God himself. So whenever you read in the scriptures, this is my name forever, this is who I am forever, 
This is who you shall call me by. I'm the God who fathers. I'm the God who does stuff. I'm the God you read about in the scriptures. I'm the God who is your God. I am the God. And you can't define me. You can't put me in a box. That's my name. All right? It's the same sort of thing as when Job was saying to God, why? Why this? Why that? And God, and Job said, God said to Job, well, that's for me to know and you not to know. He said, but just look at my glory. Look at who I am. Look at what I've done. And Job fell on his face and said, I, don't, I shouldn't be asking these questions. I shouldn't be asking you why. I shouldn't be asking you, your God. Love said. And that's what Moses gave up to, gave up in the end. There are three areas where we misuse the name of God, or the, not necessarily us, but people do use the name of God. Expletives, we all know about those. Disrespecting God and misrepresenting him. All right? I just want to look briefly at each of those. So the first, first slide on. Expletives. Came across them this week when I had a slight bump in my car. Wasn't me. The other guy wasn't very pleased. All right? It's only a little bump, but it did seem to get a reaction. We all know what I mean, where sometimes we come out with, we come out with, sometimes other people come out with, either because they just don't realise, quite often, ignorance, habit. People just come out and use God's name as a swear word. You want to know the kind of thing I mean. Sometimes we as Christians want to say something like that, but we use some substitute words. It's the heart that counts, you know. I don't really think the Lord's that bothered about this. Of course, we shouldn't as Christians be using his name as an expletive, as some sort of unconscious reaction that comes out of our mouths without thinking when things go difficult. I tell you, I remember years and years ago, but in the youth group, not long after me and Han gave our lives to the Lord, we gave our nice lives to the Lord on the same night, isn't that nice? <laughs> and um, it was nice, actually. It a lot of trouble. My brother did too, and he's still walking with the Lord. Yeah, uh, not long afterwards, we had the youth group. And of course, we were all fairly boisterous, as you get, you know. Um, and as teenagers, and the youth leader was talking about substitute swear words. Don't be using substitute swear words. <laughs> Again, we can say anything. He said, for instance, you could make anything into a swear word. Now, the room we were in had a lot of curtains, a bit like this room. And I'm taking a risk here because it took about 18 months for this to die down. He said, for instance, I could use the word curtains. I could use the word curtains as a swear word. He said, I could just, oh, curtains! Yeah, like that. <laughs> or oh, what the curtains are you doing? <laughs> you know? So we latched onto this <laughs> over the next year and a half. What the curtains are you up to, my friend? Yeah. Well, curtains me. Yeah. I mean, because if... actually, we were just having fun. It doesn't take long, actually, to purge those. If you're bothered by the things, you know, sometimes you, you come out with stuff that, you know, maybe it shouldn't be. And, and really, as Christians particularly, all right. Maybe we shouldn't get too offended when other people say, because it's out of ignorance and the Lord will forgive them, the Lord will 
deal with it when they come to know him. Sometimes we can sound a little bit up ourselves, you know, when we're, if we say, oh, don't take my Lord's name in vain. It, it can get too much, though, sometimes when we say, guys, I'm a Christian, just tone it down, you know. But for ourselves, if we're tempted to say stuff, you know, then it takes about six weeks. Actually, I think Ian said something about changing habits, but it takes about six weeks. If you consciously purge that out, because I've done it. I've done it when I was younger, and it takes about six weeks just to watch yourself. Watch what you're saying and say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not even going to have any kind of reaction in that way, but I'm certainly not going to use the name of the Lord in vain, as they say. I'm not going to use it as an expletive. So I think that's a fairly low-level thing, but sometimes it's the big thing that we talk about, you know? It's the, the one thing. I shouldn't use God's name as well, but we shouldn't. All right? Just a quick verse or two. You have heard that it was said that the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair. Shame. Um, white or black or brown. All you need is to say simply, yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. We say yes or no. We don't have to say by this or by that, swear by this. Yes or no. Interesting. Always a thought. Some Christians, myself included, will not swear an oath in court. And so I've been in court in several capacities, um, but <laughs> as a juror, right? But when I was in my capacity as a juror, um, there were there we were, twelve good men and true. The previous body harm case, okay? And they all, I had to be last. And yeah, actually, the Almighty God, and they said, uh, I prefer to affirm, please. And getting to talk to the juror because it was a few days in trial. The other jurors, I was the only one who was a Christian. All the others swore by the Almighty God, and I affirmed, which is I promised to tell the truth, the whole truth, you know, whatever, but you don't swear. And I just felt a conscious that I wanted to do that. And yet, when I got up, I could just see the others looking at me going, Peter. Funny, isn't it? Funny how it works out. The principle there is your words enough. If you're a Christian, you want to tell the truth. I think there's an element there of, you know, sometimes be a bit pedantic that, all right, we all tell our version of the truth. You know, they get six different witnesses to an accident and you get six different stories, you know, but generally sort of ties together somewhere. But you tell them what you believe is, you know, is it right? So that's one element of it. But it's also about let your word be your word. Doesn't need embellishment, doesn't need anything extra. Be known for speaking the truth, saying yes or no, being clear. And sticking to what you've said. That's all God asks of us. He doesn't ask us to make any great big, oh, by the, you know, power of whatever, grace, or something. All right. So, again, we probably easily deal with that one. We want to uh, then have a look at um, the second one, which is a little bit more serious, I would say. It's disrespect for. The Lord. Again, remember, we're talking about his name and him being synonymous. He doesn't give us a name. 
he gives us a whole how he is, who he is, what he does, and everything. And it's still not enough, but whatever it is. So, of disrespect, I don't want to know. I don't want to just. I don't want to know about God. And that can be people who are Christians, people who aren't Christians. But it's disrespect, and God deserves our respect. And sometimes we get a bit familiar with them. You know, I've said some things about people having stupid things on T-shirts. And, 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 <laughs> but I'm thinking of particularly really stupid things. I mean, these are stupid funny sometimes. Um, sometimes I do it just to be annoying. Um, but it's where people... There's one I particularly hate. All right, I'll mention it because I'm sure no one here has got it because it's a bit American, so it's probably there. I've seen it a few times at various conventions and things, and it says, Jesus is my homeboy. Uh, meaning, meaning, like, my, my Bezzy, my BFF, my friend, whatever, and, and you know, with me and Jesus, yeah, yeah. And I think, that is just disrespectful, frankly. You know, I, I find it, it's kind of too familiar, or too, it's forgetting that Jesus is also Lord and Saviour, if you can put it that way. I think we need to get a balance sometimes, you know, um, I don't mind, as you know, I don't mind a joke. I don't mind being funny. I think I'm funny sometimes. Um, not always. But I think we can go too far. We can go too far in being over-familiar with God. And we do have to find that balance. And remember sometimes that Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, is that God? Is that name? Above all names. You know? And again, the name above all names. In other words, right, a name that can contain him. All right? So, it says, anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the spirit of grace? We deserve it. Doesn't mean we're going to get it, don't worry. All right? Because that's some verses about before that about the unforgivable sin. If you think you've committed the unforgivable sin, you haven't. Because you wouldn't be worried about it. Alright? So if anyone ever's bothered by a couple of verses there which can can be translated in English in a slightly odd way, um, come and have a chat. You might need releasing from uh, some things you assume sometimes. But in those verses there, it it's saying, you know, how much more in the, they got they got executed, you know, for teaching God in a disrespectful way in the Old Testament. And we don't execute people, which for the next bit I'm going to talk about is real blessed. But we don't execute people, and God is forgiving and everything. But he's just pointing out the seriousness of it. In our talk, in our thoughts, in the way in which we address God, of course Jesus is our friend. Of course he's the closest we can person we can ever rely upon. He's done everything for us. We also have to remember he's God. We have to remember that God the Father is God. And treat him with respect. It's easy to forget who he is and treat his name, him, lightly. This representation. Tell you, tell you a story. I've told for you before, so I'll repeat, but it's a very, it's a very good illustration of, um, I say, I've told some people before this story. Um, we were ministering in another country, I won't tell you where, and um, the church where we were at, the people 
had just lost their pastor, and they wanted a new pastor, a new church leader, um, and the elders of that church were all sitting around and trying to decide, they were talking about it. And one of them stood up and said, this is the word of the Lord. My nephew, who was a missionary in some Eastern European country, is to be the new pastor. He's only young, but he's the right man for the, for the job. And they all said, oh, well, if Brother So-and-so says he's the right man for the job, and he's actually said, this is the word of the Lord, we should get the guy back. Well, two years later, the guy's marriage broken up, whole church had fallen to pieces, they were sending him to um, counselling because of his stress that was in his life and everything. And it took a year off when well, they had no pastor, and eventually he went back and he was very happy with his wife, thankfully, to carry on the work they were doing in Eastern Europe. Total fail as far as the word of the Lord was concerned. It wasn't the word of the Lord at all. It was, hey, I'd like my nephew to be the pastor of the church from now on, you know? Or maybe he was just genuinely thinking, ah, it's the right thing. Maybe he thought it was the word of the Lord. No one else checked it out. No one was bold enough to stand up and say, well, I don't think so. And often that can be the case. Often, often, we can look at somebody and they say, I have a particular ministry, and particularly prophecy. They say, I'm a prophet. They're always prophet. Give me a word. My first question is, are you? What's your track record? Next verse. I'll raise up for them a prophet like you from amongst their fellow Israelites, and I'll put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I, mis- I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Now, again, we're in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, prophets who spoke didn't speak the word of the Lord, but presumed, who misrepresented God, were put to death. They died. The most that probably would happen here is that we would die of embarrassment if we got it wrong. But that's about all. You know? I'm not saying don't prophesy. I'm actually encouraging people to prophesy. But what I'm saying is, don't misrepresent the Lord. Don't feel you've got to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord... Because that leaves no room for doubt. And actually will probably lead to more rejection in the end. Because you'll say, oh, he's always saying that. That's just coming from his, his own stuff. You know, it's got to be a thing about that. You know? Like I'm always banging on about religion. Yeah? Just can't stand religion. I love being a Christian. I love Christianity. I love the freedom. But I hate religion. But everybody's got fed up with me saying about it. You know? Oh, well, there he goes again. You can get the same person getting up with a hobby horse and saying stuff and reject it as them again. But there might be truth in it. There might be something in there. So far better to say, I believe the Lord's in this. But different people have gone up today and shared and they've said different things, but none of them saying, this is the word of the Lord. You've got to do this now. You've got to do this when you get home tonight. You know? They've urged you maybe to say, oh, I just had this experience. I want you to have the same thing. I want you to have the freedom. That's a different thing. 
Well, when you bring in the name of the Lord, bring something in the name of the Lord, be humble about it. Because we're all mixture. We've all got things in our hearts that filter what's being said. And the other thing is, we're family. We do things together. And it says, let it be, you know, when somebody brings a word, let it be verified by people who are experienced, who know the word of the Lord and who listen to the word of the Lord and who've got a track record. They're not always right either. I tell you numerous stories of people who've been damaged by people who've suddenly got a thing, you know, and made some prophecy to someone. I know people who still, you know, they're still waiting for the miracle of the birth of a child when they could have adopted or whatever because they got a duff word from somebody. And they've put them into a position all their life where they say, no, 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 we'll have a baby naturally, have a baby naturally. You know? And that just wasn't the word of the Lord because the baby never came naturally. And there's loads of scriptures, particularly there's some in Jeremiah about the false prophets there. Do you know, they could have been written today about some of the prophetic words. I spoke to a man who I respect a lot who has a prophetic ministry and we've had him here um, a few times. And he said to me, Actually, he agreed with me because I was saying it. So he didn't say it to me, but he did. He said, "You're absolutely right." I said, "Stuff, particularly that comes out of you know Western Western uh, churches like in the United States and Canada and even the Western Western Europe. A lot of the stuff that is supposedly prophetic is more like fortune telling. You know, maybe every ten percent of it is actually spot on. We have to be very careful about what people say." As I say, I'm, I'm all for more prophecy, more genuine prophecy, and more for everybody prophesying, not just the prophets, because the Lord speaks to everyone. But to me, this is the most dangerous thing. This is the most dangerous thing about, um, if you like, using the name of the Lord in a wrong way, because this has the potential to do far more damage than both the other things I've spoken about before. To use the Lord's name in, a, in an empty or a, a wrong way. To speak things in the name of the Lord. And people are very open, very vulnerable sometimes. They want to hear. You know, be careful when you go to someone and say, give me a word from the Lord. Because the word, from the, the word of the Lord comes to you. You know, I was, I was just listening there to, um, to Marsha before. And the word came to her. She didn't go seeking, I wanted. She said, yeah, Lord, speak to me. But she didn't go grabbing someone by, by, by the collar and saying, give me the word, no, prophet man, give me the word. Now tell me what the Lord's going to do. That's more like going and seeing a fortune teller, frankly. And quite often, you'll get the same bland sort of thing off people. If you keep seeing that, say, what's the Lord saying? What's in my heart? What's the Lord speaking to me? Or is it this just appealing to something I really want? You know? What do you want, Lord? Confirm this. Speak it through other words. Don't just be looking filtering things out, etc., etc., and ask one another. There's no harm. You know, if we find it's not the right thing, we've been saved from a disaster, maybe. And if not, we've got the backing of everybody <coughs> to support us in doing what the, what the Lord is saying to us. It's a safety thing. But do be aware. Do be aware of people using the name of the Lord and, and, and uh, to, to basically further their own agenda, or their own dreams, or they think they're a prophet and they're not. All sorts of stuff like that. And that goes for any ministry, by the way, any 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 way of serving, you know. I've come across evangelists who just draw people to themselves. 
They don't turn to the Lord. And the people just fade away. The history and what happens in the future, does it come to pass? Are the people who are saved, say, do they stay saved? Or is it just they were attracted to that person? Are the people who hear the word of the Lord, are they affected by it? Does the word of the Lord come to pass? Because there's always a, there's a, a future element to it. Are you encouraged? Do, does somebody who, who claims to have a prophetic gift in, who maybe speaks into your life, do they leave you encouraged or discouraged? Do they leave you thinking, I could never be as good as that person? Because if they do, there's something wrong there. Because the word of the Lord will always lead us on. It may admonish us, but it gives us something to do. It points to something that the Lord wants to do with our lives. But more often than not, it encourages us. It points to the Lord. And if it doesn't, there is something not right with it. You know? Oh, you all look so serious. <laughs> it's a joy to hear from the Lord. It's a joy. It's a fantastic thing. So, just want to summarise. What's in the name? What's in the name is character. It's reputation. I will say, a long time ago, I had the same sort of issue. When, when I was, you know, I find this a bit, some of you might, some of you might not, kind of a bit weird. I mean, how did I talk about this yesterday? My family weren't as much formal as just embarrassed. I can never, ever, now it's absolutely true, I can never remember any other member of my immediate family, that's my mum, dad, brother and sister, or me saying to them, I love you. And can't remember us hugging one another. I tend to still, because he gets embarrassed, my mum's only about that big, put my arm around her and kiss her on the top of the head. And then she goes, oh, that's all right. Yeah, like that. That might be a bit creepy, I don't know. Um, I suspect not. <laughs> It's kind of weird. And then you kind of grow up being a bit formal. We used to shake hands with my dad when we went to bed. Um, that kind of thing. You know, and you do. And I'm the opposite in a way now. And I think part of that is because early, early on, I, I, I found my identity in the Lord. I was 15 when I got saved. 16, just 16, when I got saved. In the summer holidays. And pretty soon after that, I realised, God's my father. I'm a, I'm a new creation. I've got a whole new lineage it doesn't matter about that. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite with my kids and my grandkids and everything. Um, I tell them I love them all the time, hug them. You know, my friends, to a lesser extent probably, but still do that. Um, and that's the difference. The Lord made that difference in my life. You know, I have no idea why I said that because it's got nothing to do with what I was just going to say. But, you know, honestly, that's my testimony. Um, I should be sort of so buttoned up that, you know, I wouldn't have anybody close to me at all. Um, but it's it's not there. I'm so damaged by the lack of, you know, from what I hear, from my my studies and my uh, all my counselling and stuff. You know, not having that, that kind of affirmation. You know, I still don't like it when she calls me Stephen. I mean, well, it does yeah, I prefer Steve. So if you want to really get me bad, say, call me Stephen. I'll call you mum. We won't talk to you. I was summarising. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> all right, so what's in the name? The name is character. It's reputation. And that's the Lord, all right? Why don't we have a name for him? Because he's the name above all names. Yeah? But we have a name. But if we didn't have a name, if we were like baby, all right, 
He was actually very secure in the Lord. He didn't need a name, I don't think. It's nice to have a name. It's nice to be called by your name because we're only human and we identify those things with our name. So also what's in a name? The name is the name is the same in God's case anyway as the person and to an extent with us. But the name is the same as a person. And when you say in the name of God, the same name because of God, because of him, him, it's him. It's not just his name. This is what his name means. And his name means everything because he ain't got one. Not that we know. Not that he's telling us. Misusing God's name three ways. Expletives. We don't want to do that anyway. It doesn't actually take that long and it's not that difficult to train ourselves not to do that. All right? If that's an issue we have. Disrespect. Again, it's about thinking about things. It's about our general attitude towards God, isn't it? You know, let's show him some respect. You know, in all areas of our life, and some balance. Yeah, we can cuddle up to him. You know, but we can't, we also we need to sometimes fall flat on our face in front of him. And finally, misrepresentation, which I said is something we shouldn't be involved in. Something that we should be careful of from other people. And I'm not saying. Don't prophesy. I'm not saying don't listen to prophecy. Just say be careful. And do the right thing. Do prophesy. Do bring the name of the Lord. Especially, we can all bring prophetic words that encourage, that are based on scripture, and the Lord prompts us to say those things. We can all bring pictures, dreams, visions, everything. But don't claim that it's the absolute word of God. Because the absolute word of God is written down in the Bible. Yes, and you don't have that status, frankly. All right? Um, and we're all mixture. And God will speak through us. We'll speak through us together. It's the beauty of being on our own. And finally, if somebody makes you feel bad about yourself, when they're bringing prophetic words, I mean condemned, if you make you feel like that person themselves a whole lot better than you, it's probably not from the Lord. Yeah? And you need to get another opinion, or at least take it carefully, maybe with a pinch of salt. Is that okay? Are we encouraged? Are we happy? Smile? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you gave the Ten Commandments to us. We thank you that they're still relevant today, and we can apply them to our lives. There's so much to take in sometimes, Lord, it overwhelms us. But Lord, we want to give you all the glory. We want to be closer and closer to you to get those things out of our lives where maybe we disrespect you or inadvertently we misuse your name. And Father, guard us and guard our hearts. Keep us close to you so that we hear your heart, we hear your word, and Lord, we speak your word and speak your heart to uh, those around us, Lord, that we bring your heart of love, bring your heart of salvation and your heart of forgiveness to, to everybody, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for ourselves, for what you've done for us, for the great testimonies we've had today, and for the for the, the, the ongoing life that we have with you. Lord, we love you. We're just so grateful, and we worship you, and we just love being your people and part of your family. Be with us this coming week, Lord, and let us, let us see you working in our lives. Let us be conscious of you and of walking with you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.